On a day like this, I'm reminded of the pastor who made an announcement to his congregation from the pulpit. He said, friends, I have three sermons in my hands. A $10,000 sermon that lasts five minutes, a 5,000 sermon that lasts 20 minutes, and a $100 sermon that lasts over an hour. Now we'll take the offering and see which one I'll deliver. <laughs> Let us pray. Holy and gracious Father, there will be a day when we will sing freely. On the day of the Lord, everything will be made new. On that day, our song will resound with praise. But today is not that day. Today is a day of tears and heartache. Lord, give us reason to sing. Lord, visit us in our despair. Put faith into our hearts so that we can sing freely. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I want to just take a moment to thank the choir. I want to thank you for another good year of hard work. I want to thank you for the love and care that you show each other. I want to thank you for the beautiful singing. I want to thank you for pointing the congregation to Jesus. So thank you, choir, and thank you, Priscilla. And let's give the Lord a hand by, for giving them to us. Now, as I thought about the choir this week, and as I thought about a sermon to preach, I could not help but wonder, what's the purpose of a choir? I mean, why do we have a choir in the first place? And I came up with many ideas, and I'll share a few of them with you. The first purpose of a choir is to point us to Jesus. And I think you can understand this. A way we understand music, and music has a way of, of teaching us things. Good music can teach us good things. Bad music can teach us bad things. Music is able to carry a powerful message. Now, Martin Luther understood this. He said when the devil fell, he fell straight into the choir loft. I always like that choir. And it's not an accusation against choir members, I promise. That's right, we don't have a loft. The point, though, is, is that he understood the power of music. And if the devil's going to get at us, he might just get at us with music. And so we always have to guard ourselves and, and, and to know just how powerful music is. Good hymns, good songs, good praise songs have ability to teach us the gospel. And so thank you, choir, for teaching us the gospel this year. Now, a second purpose for the choir is to help us sing well. There's a cartoon I came across that had shows a man sitting in the pew with the hymnal in his hands. And there in the cartoon is an usher right next to him, tapping on the shoulder. And the usher says to this man, he says, Sir, you have been recommended for our remedial singing class that meets in the basement in the narthex. Yeah, Jeff, that's you, huh? Yeah, there's a few there. <laughs> but the choir's purpose is to help us to sing well. And some of us have a gift of singing, and some of us, well, still searching. There you go. That's good. Yeah, appreciate it. That's right. Well, there's a third purpose for the choir, though, and that's to help us to sing during those times in our lives when we cannot sing, times maybe when we've acted unrighteous, 
times when we've been wronged, times when we've been rejected or forsaken. And it's usually at these times that we don't know how to sing. We can't sing. We can cry, we can curse, but we just can't sing. And so we need someone to come alongside us to sing when we cannot. I cannot help but think of the Midwest today. I cannot help but think of all the flooding. I cannot help but think that there will be Christians gathering on high ground somewhere. Can they sing on this day? Some might. Many won't. They'll need a choir to come alongside them and sing. People like St. Cecilia, who could sing in the midst of suffering. And so a choir is meant to sing when we can't. In our reading from Zephaniah, we find the people of Judah. They're on the verge of captivity. Many of them must have been wondering what had happened. A generation earlier, Josiah had had his reform. They had found the law. They had purified their worship. If there was ever going to be a holy people in Israel, surely that generation would be holy. But only a few years have passed. And what started out with so much promise has failed. The people will lose everything. The temple will be destroyed. A foreign people will rule over them. And only a handful of those living would be able to return back to Jerusalem after the captivity. How can you sing with that on the horizon? Well, knowing this, knowing the captivity that would, is soon to be upon the people, Zephaniah speaks a word of hope, a word of promise. He tells them that in the day of the Lord, there will be singing again. Listen to verses 14 and following. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. On that day, the Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. I like that. God will rejoice over the people with singing on that great day of the Lord. Now, I have to confess to you that when I read these words, they seemed out of place to me. They are hardly the words that one would expect concerning the day of the Lord. Most of us, when we think of the day of the Lord, we think of it as a, a terrible day. We've seen those apocalyptic movies. We've read those bumper stickers. I remember one bumper sticker that read this. Jesus is coming, and he is ticked off. You might have read that same bumper sticker. The day of the Lord is supposed to be terrible. How can there be singing? Well, for you don't have to worry, all you doomsdayers out there. 
There will be plenty of destruction on that day. Chapter 1 of Zephaniah describes the terribleness of the day of the Lord. Zephaniah says this in chapter 1. The great day of the Lord is near, near and coming quickly. Listen, the cry on the day of the Lord will be bitter. The shouting of the warrior there. The day will be a day of wrath, a day of distress and anguish, a day of trouble and ruin, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness. Neither their silver nor their gold will be able to save them on the day of the Lord's wrath. In the fire of his jealousy, the whole world will be consumed, for he will make a sudden end of all who live in the earth. In other words, the day of the Lord will be terrible. We know that. Again, we've seen the bumper sticker. But how can it be good? How can the day of the Lord be wonderful? How can there be singing and joy and praise and comfort on that day? Well, there are many reasons for this. But the reason, really the reason is because God on that day is destroying, has promised to destroy the terrible things of this world. They'll be singing on this day because the last day is God's final no to this world. On that day, suddenly it will all be gone. The whole works, all the bitter and sweet fruits of our crazy world the poverty and the riches, the fretting about the economy, the housing industry, the budget, the war, personal hurts, family struggles, and health problems will be gone, burned to a crisp. And won't that be grand? A real bonfire of the vanities to end all bonfires? On that day, God is saying no to all those things that grab us and lead us to despair and bring pain to us. On that great and terrible day, God will say no to those things. He will do away with those things. He will say no to those things. And he does that so then he can say yes to you. Yes to the new heaven and the new earth. Yes to the new Jerusalem. Yes to the new day where there will be no more tears and no more pain and no more sorrow. God says no to all those things so he can say yes to you. And so there will be singing. Listen again to this last and great glorious day. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. Hear that. He has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy of sin, death, and the devil. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. A good and glorious day indeed. Am I the only one who is looking forward to that day? I don't think so. But we don't have to wait until that last day to hear God's yes. In fact, in Christ Jesus, God has spoken yes to us. 
In Jesus, God has already said yes to you. Because Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, God with you. And in Jesus, God has taken away your punishment and turned back your enemy, sin, death, and the devil. In Jesus, the King of Kings is with you. Jesus is mighty to save. Jesus' name means he saves. Jesus has taken great delight in you and will quiet you with his love. In Jesus, God has said yes to you. Even more, in the waters of baptism, you've been united to that Jesus. In the waters of baptism, God has said yes to you. Yes, you are incorporated into Christ and into his body. Yes, you are initiated, adopted into his covenant people. Yes, you are called, chosen, saved, born again. Yes, you are forgiven. Yes, you are free to live without excuse. Yes, you are a royal priest set aside to proclaim. Yes, you are marked with the cross of Christ forever. Yes, you are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yes, you will sing on the day of the Lord because the day of the Lord is your day. Because God has said yes to you. I can't wait for that last day. I can't wait for the trumpet to sound. I can't wait for God to sing over us all. God who created heaven and earth with a word, I cannot wait for that last day when God will create the new heaven and the new earth and the new Jerusalem with a song. And that will be a glorious day. But until that day, we still can hear God's yes in Christ. And we seek Christ where he is promised to be found in the word the meal, the absolution, the conversation and consolation of believers. And we lean heavily as well on our choir to sing when we cannot. So choir, sing of Jesus, sing Emmanuel, proclaim the gospel to us in song so that we could hear once again, over and over and over again, God's yes to you in Jesus Christ. Yes, 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 yes. In Jesus' name, amen.